So let's look at a situation where there was no faith at all. This can be seen in the book of Mark chapter 4 and from verse 35. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. We're going to look at a few scriptures here. And uh, this is the, the, the situation where Jesus had asked the disciples to go with him to the other side. He had just finished preaching. I think, you know, that he had done a lot of miracles. And now he's kind of taking the disciples somewhere. So it says in verse 34, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. That's what Jesus said. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so Fearful. How is it that you have no faith? So he looked at the situation. He looked at the way they were responding. He looked at. The, he heard their confessions. He heard what they were saying. He heard the, 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 the intent of what they were saying. We are perishing. And what did he say? Where is your faith? Why don't you have faith? And these are his disciples. He had earlier on. He had been speaking about the, the, the sower sowing seed and the word of God and all that kind of stuff and the kingdom of God and how it operates. The word is like a seed and, it's, and it, it gets into our hearts and so on and so forth. So he had been teaching on the word, and then he says to them, "Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith?" And they feared, they feared exceedingly and said to one another, "Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him?" Okay, let's have a look at what's happening here. So Jesus is in the boat with them, and he actually said, he says to them, let's go over to the other side. So Jesus is with them, and he says that we want to go to the other side. Now, in this journey of faith, each one of us, we don't go by ourselves. He is with us. God doesn't expect you to live a single moment of the day without him. You're not alone. The Old Testament tells us that God is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And Jesus said the same thing. He said, I am with you to the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That's a good place to say hallelujah. You are not alone. And here the disciples were not alone. He says, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go to the other side. There's not going to be a storm. He didn't say, let's go to the other side. There's not going to be challenging. And Jesus actually said in this world, we will have challenges, tribulation. Are you hearing me? So what happens here? They get into the boat, and then suddenly there's this fierce storm, and the waves are getting into the boat. And it's filling up. These, some of them are professional fishermen, but they know when it's bad. And it was bad because the waves were filling the boat. It was not a good situation. And Jesus is asleep somewhere. <laughs> How many of you sometimes feel God is asleep in your situation? It may seem like he's asleep, but the Bible says, the Lord neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's fully awake, folks. If it seems like he's asleep, he's not asleep. In this case, Jesus is asleep. And they think he doesn't care. So they are doubting his love. 
The very first thing about little faith is this. Little faith forgets the word of God. Jesus has said, come, let us go over to the other side. Now, they've got this challenge, and, 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 and it's difficult. It's like they're sinking. It's like they're dying. Jesus is with them. He doesn't seem to care, but he's with them. And now, what are they saying? We are perishing. In other words, we're going down. We're not going to the other side. Little faith forgets the word of God. Remember, faith is tied to the word. Faith is tied to the word. Now, doesn't mean that they should not have been afraid. I'm not saying they should not have been afraid. If I was there, I don't know what I would have done. Okay? Perhaps Jesus even expected them to rebuke the wind by, by, by themselves. I'm not sure. But I do know that they were saying, we're going under. We are perishing. So little faith forgets the word of God. Secondly, little faith doubts the love of God. Don't you care? Don't you care? Sometimes it's as if God doesn't care. Because we have prayed and prayed and prayed again. And it's like nothing is shifting. So we begin to doubt the love of God. We begin to doubt the graciousness of God, the compassion of God. He says, don't you care that we are perishing? Can't you see what's happening here? Here you are, you're completely asleep. And here we're trying to get the water out. Don't you care? It doubts the love of God. A lot of us, we say in our minds, God loves us, but we don't believe it in our hearts. What does the Bible say in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 16? He says, John says this, We have known and believed the love that God has for us. We know it and we believe it. We are persuaded about it. That's what Paul said in the book of Romans where he says, I'm fully persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or demons, nothing in all of creation can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He was persuaded. We know and we have believed. The New Living Translation puts it this way. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. So we just don't know. We know and we believe. It's critical. It's critical. No faith focuses on circumstances. That's another thing. What happened to the disciples? They saw what was happening to the boats. The winds were boisterous. The wind was battering these boats. Water was coming into the boats. They, they were sinking. It looked like they were sinking. So they were afraid. They, they looked at all the circumstances and, so, and they completely forgot the word of God. No faith looks only at the circumstances because it forgets the word of God. And circumstances can make you fearful. Because circumstances, you know, what circumstances does is it, 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 it puts us into an area where we are looking at what we see, what we hear, what we feel. We are looking at the carnal, the, the fleshly, the physical. But the Bible says we do not look at those things alone. We look at the spiritual. Are you hearing me? Help me out. I said, are you hearing me? No faith is fearful. It's full of fear. When you're fearful, it means you're full of fear. Now, Jesus said to them, how is it that you have no faith? And he earlier said, why are you so fearful? Why are you so full of fear? Why are you expecting the worst? The thing about fear is fear expects the worst. You know, the Bible says fear has to do with punishment. Okay? So, so when you are fearful, you're expecting the worst to happen. That is what fear is all about. And he says, so he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So fear, being fearful is attached to, to having no faith. 
If you're always in fear, folks, it means that you're not in faith. It means you're not in faith. It means you're not in faith. If you're always fearful, you're not in faith. You're not in faith because you're expecting the worst to happen instead of expecting what God's promise or God's word says, what God's covenant says. The new, I like what it says in the verse 18 from the New King James. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. You see, when we are convinced of the love of God, when we, we believe the love of God, when we know and, and we are persuaded of the love of God, the Bible says that is what will cast away fear, the expectation of something negative. Because of the love of God, you know that God is for you. You know that God is with you. God is rooting for you. God has promises for you. He has plans for you. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to give you a future. Plans to give you a hope. When you begin to get convinced of the love of God, it will cast away fear in spite of the circumstances. In spite of the circumstances. Folks, anytime your fear begins to rise up in you, you should not entertain it. You should resist it. You should say no, because God has not given you a spirit of fear. The Bible says he has not given you a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Somebody lift up your hands and say hallelujah. He has not given you a spirit of fear. So when you begin to anticipate the worst, begin to resist the fear. Because the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. But who does the resisting? You. Resist the devil. Say, I refuse to be afraid. Say, fear, I, no fear here. No fear, I will not be afraid. Say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. You have to declare it. Activate your faith. Say, God is with me. God is for me. God is not against me. What can man do to me? You've got to stand and resist it. Open your mouth. That is why you have to know the scriptures concerning walking in, in, in the love of God. Because that's when you bring up the scripture concerning the word of God and then the faith concerning that will come up. It is critical, folks. But fear is something that you should not entertain for one minute. Hallelujah. We don't welcome fear. You know, there's something about fear that a lot of people don't know. Fear actually receives what you're afraid of. And a lot of people don't know that. When you're fearful about something, Unfortunately, there's a law that is in operation and you begin to attract what you fear. Let me give you two scriptures here. Job chapter 3 verse 25. The thing, this is Job speaking. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. It has come. And he goes and says, what I dreaded has happened. You cannot entertain fear. Resist fear with a, with a passion. He says, the thing I greatly feared has come. Let me give you a second scripture. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24. The fear of the wicked will come upon him. The fear of the wicked will come upon him. And the desire of the righteous will be granted. Notice what it says. The desire of the righteous. The righteous walk by faith. Right? They're supposed to walk by faith. And that desire will come. So you should not entertain fear. And, it, and the thing that, I believe the thing that, stops fear and distracts more than anything is when you know the love of God. When you, you believe it and you know it. When you trust it. Hallelujah. God wants us in faith and not fear. That's, every, that's why so many times in the Bible it says, 
fear not. Be not afraid. Fear not. Be not afraid. I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't want you in fear. He wants you in faith. So that is no faith. Little faith. I don't know whether I can go through all of this. Maybe we should do little faith next week. We'll do a little faith next week. Faith is completely attached to the word of God. Completely. So for us to be persuaded of the love of the word of God, we need to know how powerful the word of God is. We need to be convinced of this word so that we can have our trust, our confidence, our reliance in the word of God. You see, the Bible says so many things about God. And one of the things it says about God is the fact that God never lies. The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, men can break their word, but it says God is not a man that he should lie. God is a spirit. Amen? And, and in fact, he's, he, he, he's truth itself. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God is truth itself. He can't lie. Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that should change his mind. He doesn't change his mind. When he says something, he, that thing will come to pass because when he speaks a word, it's a covenant. It's like he signs it. In fact, the scripture says that his word is above his name. And the reason why his word is above his name is like he signs his name under what he has spoken. So we can have confidence in the word of God. Bible says that the heavens will pass away, the earth will pass away, but his word will abide forevermore. So even the world, when you look at the mountains, you see this earth, you know, it passes away, it will pass away, but God's word is forever. That is how dependable God's word is. God's word is powerful. The Bible goes to great lengths to say that it is impossible for God to lie. That is why you and I, when we realize that we have no faith, or if we have little faith, or if we doubt, and so on and so forth, we have to go back to the Word. Because God's Word is the, is the stability that will come into our lives, and, and it's the thing that will help us to, to receive all that God has. Because faith is really it's like a receptacle. We, we access the grace of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the protection of God. We access all of that by faith. It is what draws that love from God. We need the word, folks, because that is what is going to give us the faith we need. So we have to begin to trust the word. Bible says that, this is what God says, look, my covenant I will not break. I will never break my covenant. He said, I will never break my word. He says, I'll never alter a single word that has gone out of my mouth. He's trying to say, you can have confidence in my word. It doesn't matter the situation. You can have confidence in my word. So what situation are you in? Are you identifying that, you know, perhaps I have no faith because I've forgotten the word? If you've forgotten the word, no problem. Just go back and begin to remember the word. Begin to see what God says concerning your situation. Find a specific thing so that, you're, you know, for example, if you're in a place where you are, you are fearful or you are traveling and you are, you are fearful of terrorism or whatever, that's when you need to go to the scriptures to reassure you that you're not alone, to reassure you that the angel of the Lord encamps around the righteous. You know, that's when you look at, because that is going to build your faith so that you're not sort of, uh, you, don't, you don't have to take sleep easy on the plane to make sure that you're completely out. That isn't faith. 
Hallelujah. You know, you, you, you want to have the confidence that he looks over your going out. He looks over your coming in. He will keep you from all harm. That is a powerful covenant promise. You're covered, folks. You're protected. You're protected. If you need faith concerning something else, concerning the goodness of the Lord, or concerning the mercy of God, or the blessing of God, you need scriptures that speak about the blessing. Because it will build your faith concerning the blessing. A lot of Christians do not believe in the blessing of God. And because part of it is ignorance, part of it is they've been taught wrong. Look, I, I, I'm, I was like that. There was a time in my life where I did not think that God wanted me to prosper his way. Honestly. Until I began to search the scriptures and search the scriptures, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and it became, I was convinced, I am convinced, whether I see it in my, my, my life or not, I don't care. God wants me blessed. And he wants you blessed too. But you've got to be convinced of that. And the only way is to begin to see scriptures that speak of the blessing of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So if you, need a, if you need faith concerning protection, faith concerning healing, go to the scriptures concerning healing. And you know what? God has given us so many examples to build our faith. So you see the leper, for example. Jesus says, if you are willing, make me clean. And then Jesus said, I am willing. It shows that God is willing to heal. And when you begin to meditate on every, look, if you really want healing and you are desperate for healing, you know, and it's an impossible situation, go and look at all the healings of Jesus. Study the healings. It will begin to convince you. It will begin to persuade you. And it will begin to build faith in you concerning healing. But what usually happens is we hear some diagnosis from the doctor. Bless God, we love doctors. I always say that when I say to Kyle, we love you, glory to God. We love Adria, bless God. What we do is we go to Google. We look at what Google says concerning the sickness, and we look at all the side effects of the drugs. And what does that do? Does it build faith in us, or does it build doubts? we got to go to the Word. I'm not, you know, next week you find that little faith looks at the Word and also looks at circumstances. So don't, and, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with looking at circumstances so long as you don't look only at the circumstances. With no faith, they forgot the word and they were looking only at circumstances. With little faith, you look at the circumstances and you look at the word, but you lean towards the circumstances. So we're going to see that. But with great faith, nothing but the word. Oh, church, God wants us victorious. In every area of our life, he wants us victorious. You are a winner. You are an overcomer. You are victorious. And it is by your faith. So you and I need to grow our faith. I want you to ask Holy Spirit right now to help you to grow your faith.